0: Mission Impossible 2 was a very thought-provoking movie. <laughs> oh, oh no. Where is this going? What? In that, I mean that it caused me to think that instead of watching Mission Impossible 2, uh, I could have simply surrendered my nine bucks uh, to the people down at the theater, gone down to the local hardware store, purchased a screwdriver, I thought a stabbed myself in the eyeball a few dozen times, and still would have the larger portion of two hours unwasted with the same experience gained. Oh no! He should have bought the hammer. I mean, well, he was—he's
1: like basically one movie too early for that.
0: On a scale of pathetic to excellent, I give this movie a lame.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What? Where is that? How does it even work? What kind of spectrum is that?
0: I don't know. That was a one-star review from IMDb. Hello and welcome to Spoilers Intended, a podcast about series and films. I'm Ryan, joined as always by Andrew. Greetings. And Stephen. Salutations. And this is part two of our Mission Rewatchable series in which we're talking about, you guessed it, Mission Impossible 2. Yep. be weird if we like jumped around. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is part two of the rewatch
2: series. We're talking series. about Fallout we're today. we about five. <laughs> Straight
0: to Fallout. We just do f- six episodes of Fallout over and over again. <laughs> this is a
2: Fallout podcast
0: now. That includes the video game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Everything Fallout. <laughs> we're changing brand. All right. So we're talking about Mission Impossible 2 today. Yeah. Uh, quick note up front. We're going full spoilers from the start. Yep. Yes. The, the format's a little different on these. These are similar to our 007 double headers. If you just just listen to those. Except for
2: the s- they're single headers. Single Single headers? Single headers,
0: not yeah. Really we're just doing thing. one movie, but we're we're you know we're not gonna break it down by our normal metrics. We're just gonna go in. Spoilers from the front, Roundtable yep. discussion. Gun
1: uh, spoilers akimbo.
0: <laughs> spoilers spoilers akimbo, akimbo on the back of a motorcycle, yes. 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 Uh, All right. Uh, let's start with a, uh, a a plot summary of Mission Impossible 2. Are you ready? No. Guns. Chimera is a deadly virus that will bear a grisly death. Like <laughs> <Wait>, what? <laughs> Okay, Is that even a sentence? It's, the, the way up? it's written is not correct, but I'm going to read it. Chimera is a deadly virus that will bear a grisly death unless you are given the antidote. The creator of Chimera is murdered, and the antidote is stolen by a disavowed IMF agent, Sean Ambrose. The impossible mission force hire the skilled and charming Ethan Hunt. <laughs> had to throw that in there. <laughs>
2: what? Wait, 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 but and, he works for them
0: already. <laughs> and the beautiful Naya Hall, who has had her share with her... Her share with Ambrose. That, this is a very bad this description, but I'm gonna power synopsis. through it. <laughs> Their mission, should they choose to accept it, yeah, like, is to send Hall undercover to Ambrose and learn what she can for Hunt to bring down Chimera, but they will have to break into a secure lab by jumping off of buildings and dodging bullets. It's impossible.
1: What? That's <laughs> that, like the worst that's, that's like by terrible. Far the worst yeah. synopsis I've I, ever I heard. got that one off
0: IMDB because the one on like you know, Google Play or whatever Where, was yeah. like the second movie in the Mission Impossible series. And then was like, uh, the one on Amazon was like equally like one sentence. It was like I, Ethan Hunt's at it again. You
2: know? I, I really wish they had just been like guns, 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 <laughs> and doves. Kapow, but kapow. actually yeah. pigeons.
0: Because what?
1: Oh, because <laughs> what? So many pigeons. There's so many okay.
0: pigeons. What the heck? <laughs> this movie was released in the height of pigeon mating season in May 24th of 2000. That's in the southern hemisphere, right? No. <laughs> I don't uh, know, don't, it, don't yeah, it was released that. on May 24th, 2000. <laughs> I uh, am not an ornithologist. I have no idea when the height of pigeon mating season is. I assume it's year round.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How else do you
0: get that many? There are so many wings? of them. Steven, give us the bird facts. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I, well, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> okay. Directed by John Woo of, you know, Hong Kong action movie fame, hard boiled the killer, and he did Face Off before this, an American movie with yep, Nicolas Cage, Cage and yeah. uh, oh, John Travolta. Wait, hold on, I, hold gotcha. on. I got we're you. I'm backing up. Okay, we're, we're gonna, we're, are I hear you. Ready for this? <laughs> I'm, I'm braced. Peak
2: breeding season is between March and July. Nice. Oh, so it hold was. It was. Wait, 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 hold on. May twenty fourth. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. It gets better. <laughs> uh huh. But feral pigeons can breed all year round. <laughs> yeah, they can, baby.
1: <laughs>
0: That's what uh, I'm talking couldn't about. Have, couldn't
2: have set that up better if we tried. <laughs>
0: I'm going to use that pickup line on my wife. Girl, I'm like a feral pigeon. What's that even mean? Don't question it. What is wrong with you? I don't know. You should laugh at it. Don't support these kind of ideas that I have. It was written by Ronald D. Moore and Brandon Braga. You guys may know those names because they wrote a lot of Star Trek stuff, like Deep Space Nine and a bunch of the movies, okay, and Battlestar Galactica.
2: <laughs> Which one? Be
0: more specific. The uh, the the sci fi two thousand oh, remake. Yeah. 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 Music by Hans Zimmer.
1: Whoa! Really? Did you realize this while I watching
0: know. the movie? Because I didn't. No,
2: this is the least <laughs> Hans Zimmer. Really <laughs> early <laughs> Hans Zimmer.
0: I looked it up and I was like, what? <laughs> Did you, I double, w-
2: did you get that from a second source? You
0: double-checked that one? <laughs> I didn't. This is IMDb. I trust in the servers that they got running over there, unless somebody hacked them. According to this, Hans Zimmer did the music, and I was like, really? All I right.
1: Mean, the, those pigeon scenes got a... Blah,
0: blah. Yeah, They sure
1: did. <laughs> it's because it was breeding season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> again, I know Hans Zimmer does not sound like Werner Herzog, but in my head he does. He's like, the pigeons and their wings made noises like, whoa, and I have an idea for a film score I will use later. <laughs> Show me the baby. <laughs> Alright, this movie stars... You're gonna kill Andrew. It's okay, he'll oh, <laughs> it we'll revive him in a minute. Oh. This movie stars Tom Cruise, obviously, with his uh, Magnolia era hair. I was yeah, Vanilla sky hair. Yeah, vanilla sky era hair. There yeah. you go. Yeah, uh, yeah, Mission
2: Impossible 2 is, is definitely credited to Hans Zimmer. Wow.
0: Yes, I worked on the field. That's so weird. Fandy Newton is in this movie.
1: Which we have discussed in previous episodes.
0: Yes. It did come up, yes. It yeah. did come up because Andrew <laughs> doesn't know who that is. Well, I do now He does know. Uh, Doug Ray Scott The most aggressively Aggressively Scottish man Boy is he ever Scottish like, <laughs> When I saw this in theaters Back in the day There was a Scottish dude there Like full kilt and everything And he turned to me and goes What did he say? <laughs> I'm just Sean, kidding Sean <laughs> Connery's that Conner, that watching at home and he's like I hate this man Because he's also Scottish <laughs> uh, Ving Rames is in it For like 27 seconds um, Really good 27 seconds But like he's He's really good in it um, Budget f- I'm just listing out The people that were in le- it
2: Is this This is uh leather? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's there just to say the computer's not ready yet. Give me more time. Yeah. That's basically all he says. Pretty much.
0: Budget of 125 million. Box office wow, of wow, 215 domestic okay. and 546 worldwide. Oh, they made their money I mean, back. They, they definitely was made their money. The highest grossing movie of the year 2000. That's
2: crazy. What the heck?
0: That you puts know, it in perspective wait, where we're at on. nowadays. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. What am I holding year on to?
2: 2000 <laughs> films. Like you keep Your going, titchens. but I want to look this. <laughs> Okay. You hold on to two. They can this was according to you. Box
0: Office Mojo, so check your facts, okay?
2: I mean, I'm, I'm just looking. You keep going, okay?
0: Yeah. Uh, do we want to get into some trivia, or you want to jump into how we what we thought about? That? I want to know. Trivia. I want to. Yeah, I want to facts. Trivia. This is a pigeon oh, facts. Let me hit you podcast with now. <laughs> all right, hey guys, welcome to Pigeon Facts and Podcast within a podcast. Wait,
2: okay, yeah, hold on, hold on. I want to interrupt you right there. Okay, mission impossible. You do that two. a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I do. It's what I do. <laughs> Mission Impossible 2, Out yes. Earned Gladiator. Yeah. Wow. And Out Earned Castaway.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I could I, definitely see I that. I could
0: definitely see that cuz it's an action movie and that, I think it probably has the most international appeal it of the three. It does. And
1: also <laughs> Castaway and Gladiator in the right? same it, year. Objectively it, it, it better yeah, movies. It <laughs> yes. out-earned
2: X-Men, the first X-Men movie as well.
1: That's actually pretty impressive. Like yeah. I have
2: like when you were like it's the highest grossing in the year 2000. I was like, "Whoa." Cuz I actually
1: think the first X- I think honestly I liked all three the first of The first three the X-Men. were quite solid. We're, I mean the last last stand is was not terrible. great. Yeah. But I thought they were I thought they were all fine. The first one was yeah. definitely good.
0: Yeah, it, it, it definitely was like... I don't think they understood when what they what they had. This yeah. Is, yeah. Hi, guys. Welcome to X Podcast, a, a podcast within the p- <laughs> like, Pigeon Podcast, <laughs> within <laughs> the Spoilers and <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the Mission Impossible 2. Here's some trivia. John Woo was concerned about competing with Brian De Palma's style, but Tom Cruise was very adamant that he wanted Woo's style for this movie as he loved Woo's films. Cruise's goal was to have each movie... Basically, be a different episode and have a different style with a different director, and this made Woo feel way more relaxed yeah. when they started production. Um, let's see here. The famous rock climbing sequence was filmed at Dead Horse Point in Utah, which is a really cool sequence. Yeah, it, yeah. Is, it is. It is a really good opening. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, minus some like you know silliness. Uh, the like message. What is Rocket? it? The, the tossing the sunglass CG. I could go without that. Whatever. <laughs> Tom yeah, that, Cruise that hit, and I was like, woo. Yeah. Tom Cruise was on cables, which were then digitally removed. Uh, uh, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't let
1: him do his own stuff yet.
0: Not, not all the way. Yeah. So that's one of the trivia bits next. Uh, so yeah. the climbing double um, and the overhang stunt was performed by the main stunt double, uh, Keith Campbell. And director John Woo was a, apparently, reportedly, scared each time that Tom insisted on doing stuff. <laughs> I would be too, man.
1: I mean, he's, he's, he is your top Bill star. Yeah. And even, even like now— like in 2000 like he was a mo- like the movie yeah. star uh-huh. well and
0: Again, John Woo comes from Hong Kong action yeah. cinema where, like, everyone does their own stunts. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, like Tom Cruise like, that's what I want. I know, and John <laughs> Woo comes over here doing this American movie. He's like, you don't understand. Like, I'm talking to the insurance people. I'm terrified. <laughs> Get off the set. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Tom Cruise and John Woo clashed over some of the stunts as Woo wanted stunt doubles and Cruise was adamant about doing them. He told Woo he didn't like cheating, quote unquote, and that it's too easy to spot when the actor's being doubled because of the body movement, the timing, et cetera. It didn't help that much. Cruz Wu was also afraid of heights and so he was oh, wow. <laughs> he extremely <laughs> admired Cruz's courage to do yeah. like some of the rock climbing stuff um so speaking on that same fact Tom Cruise lied to the movie insurance agents saying that he would be letting the stunt crew handle all the major action sequences when in reality he did approximately like 95% of the stunts. Yeah,
2: good job Tom Cruise. That's a typical Cruise. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And this is again before he was known for doing his own stunts so I feel like back here he could have got away with that. Now probably. Well this is also
1: one of those things too where like this is clearly just Tom Cruise's personality kind of coming through here where he you Know, he's been known to say on set is like you know if you don't if you have a stunt coordinator that's not going to let you do something get a new start so stunt I hear, coordinator. I hear. Yeah. So the
2: safety guy said we can't do that. So I got another safety guy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got a guy that worked at the local fair says it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Uh, so Doug Ray Scott, who played Ambrose, uh, was going to play Wolverine in X Men. Oh, weird. Yeah. Now, right. When filming went over schedule for this movie. Uh, and he was injured in a motorbike accident. <laughs>
2: Go figure.
0: <laughs> he was forced to drop out and was replaced by Hugh Jackman. Uh, that's so, probably a good thing for Hugh Jackman.
1: also because
0: oh, yeah. of the production oh, yeah. overrunning significantly, Fandie Newton was forced to drop out of Charlie's Angels., now, they
2: did her a favor there, I think. I yeah, probably a favor.. Yeah.
0: But, like, I just thought it was interesting that this one movie went over production schedule and changed the career paths of a lot two of people, people, potentially. Yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Like,
2: so, so, I was looking at some also some trivia as well. Yeah. So, his Wu's first cut of this movie was three and a half hours long. That was the
0: next point I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once again, I got to cut Ryan off. <laughs> Jump in. You say it. <laughs> I just did it. Oh, there's more. So, Paramount Pictures balked at this length and told him that the final length could not exceed two hours. This it can't would explain be longer than Titanic. Yeah. So, this would explain why there's a lot of plot Seriously. holes and continuity errors in the theatrical cut. The movie initially also was rated R. Uh, but was re-rated PG-13 after many of the action scenes were cut and the violence was trimmed down considerably. Sad. Which I'll bring up later when I start talking about other John Woo movies like I watched last night. Uh, (laughs) You would. John Woo, this is the final one I had, found himself locked out of the editing room by Tom Cruise who took ownership of the final cut. Oh, wow. So it sounds like this production was kind of wild. It's like Tom Cruise really wanted John Woo to do John Woo. John Woo came in and did John Woo, and the studio said, No. (laughs) <laughs> There's way too much violence, way yeah. too much blood, and this movie's too long. And then Cruz had to chop down what they had mm-hmm. to where, or yeah, oversee the chop yeah. down to what it is now. So,
2: supposedly, because of Cruz's negotiations in his contracts, mm-hmm. he made a percentage on profits, royalties, merchandising. Supposedly he made $75 million for this movie.
1: I mean, that's a, a good chunk of the movie. That is, That yeah. yeah. is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. For that, a, that's Top Gun Maverick budget right there. Uh, for a yeah.
0: subpar part He just pocketed it and movie. saved it, and that's how he yeah. greenlit Maverick <laughs> years later. Yeah, he
2: invested it in safe, you know, 3% yeah. a year, then nope. he's ready. You know? Buried yeah. it in
0: his backyard. Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably. This is the year I do Maverick. Give me the shovel. <laughs> It's like, it's
2: like a John Wick scene, except he's out in the
0: backyard with a shovel. Yeah, and it's like there's Scientology signs all over the shovel, and he's just like... <laughs> it's great. All right, so uh, overall thoughts. Andrew, what did you think about Mission Impossible 2?
1: Okay, so I remember seeing this film, obviously, many, many years ago, and yeah. I remember walking out of this film and being like, what did I just watch? <laughs> really? Because it was just ridiculous. Yeah. And then I watched it again with my wife, you know, probably like a number of years later, but about a decade ago, pretty much for, for now. Yeah. And again, I was like, I mean, it was fine. I watched it again for the podcast, mm-hmm. and I actually liked it more.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Uh, I liked
1: it more nice. than what I did the first time. I'm not going to say it gets better on rewatches. I think I've just become more accepting you're, of just how ridiculous this you're film is.
0: You're meeting it on its own terms now. I, I think that's what it is. Like is. <laughs> I've
1: come to terms with like this is not the Mission Impossible films that I like, which are some of the later ones. Right. And I don't really like the first one that much. This one is kind of like a, a, a trying to be like the bridge between the two kind of styles. Yeah, and um, interesting.
2: See, I would say this is so. The first one is is kind of like the the, the spy tame, thriller, the tame style. Then we have John Woo style, and, and then, then the they dial it future back. Future Mission Impossible fits somewhere in the middle of those yeah. two. Yeah, well, it's a little mm-hmm. bit
1: more realistic. And um, but I think some of the action scenes at the end are a little bit more endearing. Now that I've watched them a couple times, of oh, just man. like of how absurd they are, yeah. Because I'm like, it is absolutely a product of its time. It is, it is unapologetic oh, sure. yeah. in yeah, it is. Doing. I'll give it the that. 2000s. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Of just like oh, just man. how over the top it is. And the soundtrack you... had that
0: Metallica song and that the Lint yeah. Biscuit oh, yeah. version. And the Metallica
1: song is so terrible.
0: It's it's it, so bad. That was to me as a Metallica fan. The like cut the the, the that was the the what do you call it <laughs> the the, uh, the arc where like. Oh, it's all downhill from here, isn't it? Yeah. Well, okay. Oh, no, <laughs> the thrash metal of the 80s is really dead now, huh? Uh,
1: so I actually have a bit of trivia for that. Oh, it, uh, So that Metallica song was what caused um, basically them to sue Napster yeah. Napster to go yep. under yeah. because um, it essentially... It was just, so downloaded. Yeah, it yeah. was so downloaded and I'm pretty like sure that.
2: I was one of those people
0: who was yeah. like, well, I want to know what this is. I'm yeah. fairly certain I am. Because
1: basically <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was released before um the movie be, came out. before the movie came out yeah. which you know metallica was very upset about this yeah and uh, they went after fans they went after napster like all sorts of stuff it was yeah. a, a whole hubbub speaking of
2: that it's, it's been 23 years right like, we're past statue of limitations
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah probably i <laughs> hope so
0: we're on record <laughs> police are gonna meet us at our house <laughs> yeah.
1: what no oh yeah metallica uh steven what are your money.
0: overall thoughts on the movie
2: this thing is wild. So I did it not is. see it in theaters. Mm. I the first time I saw it and the only time I've seen it until watching it for this review yeah. was back in high school. I may have been just out of high school. I don't I think it was still in high school and it was just like for some reason my mom like stopped by I don't know Blockbuster or whatever yeah. and she's like I'm going to rent a movie and I'll rent something for like you know her and uh, my dad and I'll rent something for Steven and he's got some friends over so I'll just throw so I'll throw yeah Mission Impossible why not so like me and a couple of friends watched it we all I think we all just watched the screen we were just like what is going on (laughs) (laughs) because I never I didn't see I had not seen Face Off at the time yeah I wasn't super familiar with John Woo Mm. so it's just one of these things where it's like cool now we're in the the subterranean tunnel and the subterranean tunnel is full of Pigeons. Yeah. Why? So they can flap and Hans Zimmer can make the whoop, whoop, whoop (laughs) noise to go with them. (laughs) I mean,
1: that's a really cool looking scene.
2: It. Okay. (laughs) It is a cool looking scene. If you look at that scene and say this is grounded in reality,
0: no. Of it's the not. dumbest thing I've well, ever no, but seen. That's the thing. Like sure. that's the
1: thing. If you watch this movie from the sense of rule of cool is the only thing that matters here. That,
0: it is John Wool th- that is basically rule. Yeah. John, rule of Woo. Yeah. Uh, like that's the thing. If, if
1: you look at it from that perspective, mm-hmm. this movie still doesn't do a great job just yeah. because like some of the stuff is just so ridiculous. Yeah. But there are some good little bits in there. It's just really convoluted of a plot that just doesn't make yeah. See, I, I actually
2: didn't think the plot was that convoluted. And I also, I will say, at the start, right, the, the kind of your, your open yeah. of mm-hmm. the initial, like, what kicks everything off. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really well done. It was. And that was really cool. And, you know, obviously Christopher Nolan looked at that and was jealous of it and was like, <laughs> I'm third Batman comes around, I'm doing this. I'm doing it one
1: up. Yeah, and, and but then we can't hear any of the dialogue, so you know, yeah. he, he, did, he did one better. Yeah. I'll teach him how to do
0: it, ruin the dialogue, just ruin it.
1: What about you, Ryan? I,
0: I am so torn on this movie because I do have fun watching yeah. it. Yeah, so I, I did see Mission Impossible 2 in theater, mm-hmm. and I had seen Face Off back in the day when it came out, and I was a huge Face Off fan, yeah, and I remember. Trying to find John Woo movies in the nineties, it's very hard. after Face Off came out, and that you just can't, you yeah. know, especially back then. No, you know?
1: yeah, now and you can,
0: but now you can, yeah. yeah. And so I remember um, after Mission Impossible two being able to find um, at um, Suncoast in the mall, <laughs> good old Suncoast, good old Suncoast. I, I got hard boiled and the killer. <laughs> And um, there was one more that I've seen. I can't remember the name of it now. It was like from 86. But anyways, I I went on the John Woo adventure afterwards. So like, but coming into mission impossible too, Mm -hmm. I was a fan of face off and I was like, okay, let let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. And, it was fine. Like, I, I knew going in, it's a John Woo movie. Yeah. So like that part of it, the over the topness of it, didn't really surprise me. Mm. It just didn't feel right in it, the Mission Impossible universe. It, yeah. yeah. Like
1: like if you take this and you take the Mission Impossible name off of it, yeah. And you just turned it into like a normal action flick. Like I'll say like anything of like Jason Statham or yeah. Whatever.
2: Global catastrophe. Yeah. yeah, yeah like whatever. Then it
1: then it feels a little bit more in place. But in the Mission Impossible universe, especially coming off of the first one, going into this is major. Oh, sticker. It's, it's talk, a talk crazy. Some yeah.
2: whiplash going from like super like toned down spy movie. Tom Cruise doesn't even shoot a gun yeah. for the entire movie. To what if I like <laughs> dive across the floor? Two pistols. I'm gonna be on a motorbike, pop on a, a front wheelie. What is it? Even called? a tail whip? A tail whip? Yeah. <laughs> while I like whip out an Uzi? Like what?
0: <laughs> yeah. So like <clears throat> my problem too with it is it like and you guys will appreciate this it feels to me now watching it now mm-hmm. after having watched older John Wu movies and recently re-watching yeah. them right this is what it feels like when Jackie Chan made American movies it does it has the I, same I, I feel of like yeah. there's something about the Hong Kong John Wu movies that are just better yeah and they do a lot of the same stuff that for some reason in this movie comes across as cheesy just doesn't in those. And like, so there's a, there's a filmmaking technique that a lot of uh, Hong Kong directors used in the nineties and two thousands with the, the slow motion. That's like really stuttery. Like they just take normal speed footage and slow it down. There's a
2: lot of slow-mo in this movie. Right.
0: But it's, it's a mixture of like stuff that was shot for slow-mo and is super Mm -hmm. smooth and stuff that's like stuttery and choppy on purpose. Yeah. And like, if you look at like uh, the movie that the departed is based off of um, infernal affairs, Mm -hmm. that one came out. And it's the part. It's basically a one for one remake of, of that movie. If you didn't know that it's a, I didn't know it, that. Interesting. Yeah. Learn something new every day, but it has a lot of like real extreme melodrama. Yeah. A lot of like hanging on people's you know, faces and stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of that choppy, uh, slow-mo. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Wong Kar Wai movies from like the, the nineties, like in the mood for love and all of his like, you know, romance stuff, they have that, like, it's the same style of cinematography that he does a lot in this movie. Yeah. And, but for some reason, seeing American actors do it, say the lines yeah. and look at each other in the same way during the extreme slow mo, and like, it just feels weird. And I don't know, it makes me worried because, like, when we reviewed RRR, you know, we were talking, like, oh man, I hope. You know Hollywood learned some lessons from this, and no. now I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, they the I feel like lesson, they they tried to do it again here, and it just doesn't work for some reason.
1: I, I think just because whenever you're going into like an American-made film, yeah, you feel that it has to be just because we are Americans, it feels yeah. like you it has to be like kind of realistic or based in some level of reality. Well, I, I do maybe, think... Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe like,
2: The mission... So the problem really here is, again, the Mission Impossible franchise doesn't lend itself to this. If you wanted to just go, yeah. you know, like Transporter or The yeah. Expendables, like, you've, they've gotten away with it in American cinema. Yeah. It's just they set the expectation from the go of the franchise yeah. that it's going to be dumb. Well,
0: yeah. It, Again silly, with this movie, how you want to view that? It feels like it's not John Woo at his best because he's being held back by the PG thirteen rating. Because like when you mm-hmm. watch his Hong Kong stuff, it's definitely R rated, <laughs> if not more, just because of the amount of people that get shot, the amount of blood everywhere, the yeah. amount of like, and so he still has the the cinematography and the, the kinetic action that yeah, he has. But, it, he, in, but
1: he's kind of watered down because he, he has to hold back a little bit. And and that's definitely what it feels like yeah. with Jackie Chan films that yeah. he did in, in the US. It's like, I mean, like, I love the first rush hour. It's a great film, yeah. but it's not-
0: It's not it, super cop. Yeah, it, it, it's not police story. story or, yeah, like yeah. it doesn't
1: have that visceral kind yeah. of feeling. And that's definitely what it feels like kind of with this film is that John Woo- it definitely feels a lot more watered down to it just is. be acceptable for whatever rating they were trying to hit or whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, and again, like in that trivia where they said it was three hours and was like R rated and, a half hours, and yeah. they had to like cut it down. So I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that got left on the cutting room floor yeah. that was just like too violent, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not here to say that like the John Woo Hong Kong movies are like just the best thing ever. It's, it's just like when, when I, re- I rewatched two of them last night before we recorded this, just cause I wanted to have like a fresh perspective. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, after watching Mission Impossible too, I was like, "Man, what if all John Woo is like this?" And I'm just misremembering. Yeah, no, no it's not.
2: <laughs> but it was like, but, but so the, so also. Yeah, now, and I, I you, we keep going to Hong Kong films, right? Yeah. So Face Off exists. Yeah. Right? But I feel like having Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And. Um, John Travolta. Thank you. I just blank. I was like Travolta Yeah, John Travolta in there works because like the two of them are gonna play with that kind of style, that kind of over the top.
1: One hundred percent. Right? Whereas Cruz is very serious. He is. He's very,
0: very almost dour in a lot of ways. Well, in all of a lot of John Woo's movies, it deals between two main male characters who are on the opposite side of something. Yeah. You know, it's I'm the, you know, the assassin. I'm the cop, yeah. or I'm an undercover cop, and I'm this, you know, like whatever. But it's it's always two male leads that mm-hmm. are like entangled in some way. The duality, of yeah, man. and you, and you get to know their backstories, <laughs> you know, of both of them. The duality. So with this one, even like in Face Off, you get to know both. Characters like yeah. their spouses, a, their yeah, kids, you know, and that's John Woo's whole thing. Now he didn't write this movie, so maybe that's like part of the mass, yeah, that's know. part of the issue. Yeah, but like it feels like they were trying to go for it with with Tom Cruise and um Doug Ray Scott. What's his character's name again? Ambrose. Sean Ambrose. Yeah, but like we don't really know anything about Ambrose except for that he's evil. Yeah, like well, he's, he's just a bad guy. He's a disavowed
2: yeah. IMF agent who knows a lot about Cruise because they've they've impersonate each other on missions or something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which I'm like that little voice changer that goes on the throat is doing God's work on. (laughs) (laughs) He's trying to talk at this thing. He's like, I'm only put two strips on him. I don't know. (laughs) We need more processing power to tie in to cover this guy's accent up. Um, So yeah, I, I enjoy this movie. As it is by itself, it's almost like an outlier so much to the point that I almost wouldn't rewatch it on like a Mission Impossible, Impossible re-watch. It's just yeah. You
2: just don't need it. You don't really need yeah. it. But yeah.
0: by itself, I don't think it's terrible. Well, like I do enjoy it and the, the action is over the top. But it, it, to me, it's, it, it feels very much, just to finish that thought, of like yeah. a Jackie Chan American movie it does, it's, like, yeah. it's still fun, yeah. but it's not quite as visceral and, and good as his Hong Kong stuff. Go
1: well, so if you if you actually take this film out and you just end with the first one and then you skip over to Mission Impossible Three. Mm-hmm. It actually follows a pretty decent storyline, and sense yeah. oh, because, yeah. like, at the beginning of the the third one, he's married, and you know, still kind of like playing undercover kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's clearly been a, a large passage of time, right? Which it throws yeah.
2: you because you go from two, where it's like, well, he's got this love interest, yeah, who's like their connection is like as tenuous as can be. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're both hot, and we happen to be in the same room as each other. <laughs> yeah. It's basically got him. The, the amount of their chemistry. Or girls, like, there a lot of pigeons in this room. Oh, oh man. Oh. <laughs> hear that froom,
0: froom, froom. Oh, oh no oh no but uh, anyway yeah so you, it, again
2: like going from one to two is like whiplash going from it two is. to three is again whiplash yeah you feel yeah. like oh well we kind of know where this story ended in two or the three just starts it's like so forget
1: everything you know yeah yeah
0: Record scratch you might but, be wondering how i got here but yeah
1: if you if you skip two and you just go one to three it actually makes a lot more sense yeah
0: yeah because two is so out there (laughs) compared to the rest of the movies yeah it's it's interesting from a production standpoint of like it seems like tom cruise fought really hard to get john woo Mm -hmm. he really wanted that to be like the direction that the movie went in and it was wildly successful Mm-hmm. And then they just didn't so do then it like again. It, yeah. it makes it it makes you wonder like what happened behind the scenes for them to shift so hard back on MI three you know what I mean
1: uh, I think I mean it's probably just critical reception honestly just because yeah. it was so one vastly different now, than the first one and then two it was so over the top that it didn't feel like it was supposed to be in that franchise Mission well, well,
2: Impossible three released two thousand five after, after the couch jumping incident right. Mm. Yeah. Maybe or maybe right I before, I'm pretty confident that it that that like harmed three. No, yeah, yeah, in yeah. terms of like box office. So, I wonder if there were some life changes for Tom Cruise because he was obviously excited about other things, right? Uh, going on could have been in, in, during that production. I don't know, I'm again, yeah. we're, I'm pure speculation here.
0: Well, and I know, like, <laughs> I think every director that has directed a mission impossible has been asked to come back. Like, yeah. Brian De Palma was asked to come back for two, but he said no. Yeah. John Woo is the only one they haven't asked to come back. Aw, poor John. I hate that for him, but at the same time, like I don't think he was the right fit yeah. for a Mission Impossible. movie. Again, if you had like made this a Jason Statham movie, yeah, or, or,
1: or just like a generic, uh, yeah. generic action movie, which is honestly very yeah. much Jason Statham. Yeah, uh, you know, it like, could have been
0: <laughs> elevated by John Woo. You I, know?
1: I will, I will stand by that. I don't like Jason Statham as an actor well, or but any also of his. He's just film. himself also, and everything.
0: Like Mission
2: Impossible Two, if Mission Impossible Two was just. Rebranded and like you have different people in this right to make it work. Yeah. As Fast and the Furious Four, would we question it? No, no. we wouldn't no, we question it at, at all. all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't understand. Why is this car not in space already?
1: Come on, guys, yeah. let's get going. I, I think another thing We're getting to that point. This Just, movie, I know yeah, we are. Actually. I know.
0: <laughs> Another thing this movie runs up against w- with the John Woo factor too is I think that in in his better movies, I'll say his older stuff, mm-hmm. he didn't use a lot of CG. Yeah. At all well, because and, we weren't there but yet. That's
1: the that's the. And this has always been my biggest sticking point yeah. with movies around this time period that come out, and I'll say late 90s to mid-2000s, yeah. is just because you can doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you, you should. should. Yeah. And everyone at the time was super excited oh, about CGI. Oh, they were so ready to see and, yeah. and, You know, and just don't do it, guys.
0: There, there was a lot of shots that I'm like, I, I just don't know that John Woo coming from a very practical effects background. Yeah. Like – Knows what he's doing in a CG world, or and it was any, the year 2000. Not many people did here. know what they were, yeah, doing, you know. yeah.
1: So I have a question for you. What is yep. your favorite scene from this film?
0: Singular scene, yeah.
1: Just like it doesn't right. like it could, you know, yeah. Just anything. I'll tell you mine as as you think. Yeah, good. Uh, so I love the I love the bit after you know he's kind of like fighting in the in the pigeon hall. And uh, we don't know <laughs> that basically haul. he swapped bodies oh, yeah, or basically good. swapped faces with the guy. That's a, good, that's a guy. good
2: play, although he just had that in his back pocket, like, ready to rip it out. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, you it, know it, yeah.
1: it doesn't matter. Um, but, you know, so, you know, guy's, like, laying on the ground. He looks like Tom Cruise, and then you're just like, oh, what's going to happen here? Tom Cruise isn't saying anything. You know, obviously, if you've seen the movie, you know, you know that yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's not him. And then the dude kills him, and then he rips off the, the, the mask, and then the slow-mo, like, no. No yeah, like, And, and then Tom Cruise is like yeah let's yes. let's rip it out guys yes, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my favorite scenes is when he's in the lab and that whole like the it's not as good as the uh repelling scene from the first Mission Impossible, yeah. obviously, mm. but the the multiple angles of Luther's out in the van, mm-hmm. dealing with the the bomb that's getting put on the van. <laughs> yeah, and they can't be in contact for eight minutes, mm-hmm. so they can't warn him what's happening. Dude is bringing, um, uh, what's her name? The character name, Fanny Newton, Naya yeah. Hall, Not bringing yet. Naya up into the the thing, mm-hmm. and the Australian guy's just flying the chopper out of here. <laughs> And doing then circles, doing the, the whole gunfight that ensues in there. Mm-hmm. that Then it's a good scene. Culminates with her injecting herself, yeah. and then that very oh, oh like, like music kicks <laughs> <gets> in
2: <laughs> on the arms yeah. of yeah. <laughs> like,
0: <What>? Hans Zimmer's <laughs> like, get Sarah McLachlan on the phone. <laughs> yeah, that was getting close to John Malkovich. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, uh, I think that that little. The, the whole beginning to end of that, that, yeah. that sequence is probably well, one of my favorites. I do like whenever
1: he's going through, like, the shutters
0: or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like, that's
1: a pretty cool sequence. It, again, it doesn't it doesn't top the going into, like, the, the secure no. room, of course. No. Well, like,
2: it was very much so one of those, like, remember the wire stunt? You yeah. liked the yeah. wire yeah. Yeah. We're stunt. doing we're it even one. better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're <laughs> going to do it with a... Different kind of time limit—an actual timer. <laughs> what? Not a dude, you know, puking and whatever in the bathroom.
0: Nope, <laughs> not this time. What about you, Steven? What's one of your favorite scenes?
2: Oh man, uh, I, I do. I really like the face swap play.
0: Yeah, that's a good um, one. That is just because I
2: think that's a good call. Honestly, I, I think for me, and all of my favorite scenes are just because they're so over the top and cheesy. Is the pigeon hall, and then like <laughs> Tom Cruise and and uh, Doug Ray. Doug Ray Scott. Doug Ray Scott, like, meet eye, like, make eye contact or whatever, and, then like, they just slow-mo cruise going down. What is going on in this movie? Yeah. But my honorable mention is every time that they were like, all right, establishing shot. What do Americans know about Australia? Here's the opera house. Here's the bridge. Okay, cool. Next establishing shot what do Americans know about Australia? Here's the opera house. <laughs> here's the bridge. Everything takes place within like a quarter mile of those two landmarks. Cause otherwise we wouldn't know where they are. Except for that one time that they went further out and it was like, guys, we need to remind people this is Australia. Have some kangaroos
0: run yeah. around. How many, <laughs> how many can you get? How many can we get? Uh, okay. What, what's left on the budget? <laughs>
1: uh, okay. So, so next question. Yeah. What do you, th- what is the most ridiculous scene out of the film. Oh I already you. took
0: this
2: one. I already did this one.
1: Um, so mine. Is mm. literally at the finale. At yeah. the end. And Tom Cruise is like. You know dude has a gun pointed at his back. He's on the ground. And oh, Tom yeah. Cruise kicks the sand. Kicks the sand and the yeah. gun. Like the shot is the gun is like perfect. Going the straight way up, up. Like yeah. going yeah. straight up. He picks he it. just
0: snatches it. Yeah.
1: Like you don't think this guy would have. a Like he's not IMF agent. He wouldn't have enough reaction time to like. I shot, he shot you like, like four, four times,
0: times. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> <Easy. laughs> there was a, a shot in uh, I think it's hard boiled where it's very similar, but it's on a table and he kicks the table and it comes up, so it makes more sense that like yes, the fulcrum flat. and lever yeah. of a table <laughs> would like throw it up than just kicking sand would be like boom straight up right into yep, your hand, perfect. <laughs> Um, I so, mean, I would think the most ridiculous scene would be some somewhere right before that on the motorcycles, <laughs> like when they jump off yes. of each motorcycle and just collide oh, in the air yeah. and well, don't just die immediately.
1: They, re- they redo that in um uh, one of the fu- uh, Fast and Furious films. Yeah, they do. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, that's
2: why I said this could be in the Fast and Furious franchise because that scene <laughs> it definitely so, could. So that scene is mine because mm-hmm. we get proven not like three minutes later after they did a motorcycle joust into the leap at each other tackle. Yeah, that they both had guns with ammo because they find two guns with ammo on the beach yeah. to shoot at each other <laughs> you could have just like revved like if the the villain revs his motorcycle and Tom Cruise is like, yeah, okay, cool, pop,
1: pop, problem solved. Go get the girl. Game Move over. Move on with life. Yeah, like, no, you, what you is ha- going on Look, here? If someone challenges you to a motorcycle joust, you have to you accept.
0: Must accept honorable joust. <laughs> yeah, okay. There's no way you're uh, backing down from that.
2: So, so I got uh, my other ridiculous bit here mm-hmm. when it happened in the movie because I did not remember this. It's just like, wait, is his boss Anthony Hopkins for this? movie? Oh yeah, Anthony what Hopkins a pull for this movie. <laughs> so I got some trivia about that, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Originally, that part was offered to Sir Ian McKellen.
1: Oh wow! Okay. But he couldn't do it because no, no, he was no. busy because Lord of the Rings. No, wrong. He, Both of us are idiots, Andrew. <laughs> You're wrong. He
2: couldn't accept it because of theater engagements in London. Like he was in the theater. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah like the theater, the theater.
0: He was in a production of Rent or something like that. Yeah, oh. I don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, so he couldn't do this because he was, you know, actively, you know, being a thespian, right? I'm playing Oliver so, Twist. <laughs> The thing is, if he had accepted it, mm-hmm. the overruns may have prevented him from playing both Gandalf
0: and Magneto. Oh, wow. This movie imagine, was an inflection point in the universe.
2: Imagine <laughs> the world in which Ian McKellen can't play Lord of the Rings, can't play Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. Oh, man. And then they turn back to Sean Connery and offer him more money to play the thing he doesn't understand. And Gandalf is just Sean Connery. Wow. <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> what a world we would have lived in. Wow. It's a hobbit. <laughs> not a hobbit. It's a halfling.
1: <laughs> I can't do it in shotgun no. or anything. But.
0: but give it a shot. No. Go ahead. Fool of a took. Play in this space with us, Andrew. I play can't. Play in this space. I, I can't
1: Start go that far. I'm sorry. Do us a favor and throw yourself in.
0: <laughs> okay. Now, Steven, I need less from you, more from Andrew. That's what I need right now. A lot of mouth noises over here. <laughs> All right, so yeah, let's go through some of the actors real quick. So Tom Cruise, how did you feel as him as Ethan Hunt in this movie compared to the first one? Uh, I,
1: he didn't really feel like he was playing Ethan Hunt, it's just, just because Cruise.
0: he just felt like he's playing Tom Cruise. Yeah, he just felt, yeah, he just felt <laughs> like he was playing
1: Tom Cruise, and I think like this is definitely like like kind of like peak Tom Cruise before like before he kind of valleyed down yeah. um, in in the mid two thousands. And I think this was kind of like the beginning of that downward turn. Mm. Mm. And then obviously, you know, we, we're having a big Tom Cruise resurgence now. Yeah. Uh, where he's kind of like top, top, top. Yeah. And um, what did
2: James Cameron say? That like he single-handedly rescued cinema or whatever? I mean, whatever? he probably did. On I, I, don't, it. Like,
0: I don't, I don't. I think I James Cameron sometimes though, like sees reporters coming and he's hey, like, he just I'm says, about to say oh. something <laughs> that is nuts. You better, <laughs> <You better have laughs> I'm going to just on. lose my mind on this microphone. <laughs> I cannot wait for this. <laughs>
1: Uh, but yeah I I think this is kind of like like right at like where he kind of starts kind of valleying out yeah. um, in his career
2: this is this is on I I won't say I, this I is, say
1: this then he had minority report like what,
2: I was going like to say minority report like 2 years yeah, later yeah, it's like, like oh man it's so
0: good that's so a like low magnolia point of magnolia he's pretty good in too uh,
2: so I I will say I feel like performance wise you know it's fine I think this is the weakest Ethan Hunt yeah, get, it is because sure. like the first one we get good backstory. We understand his role in mm-hmm. the team and what the the tragedy is involved in that, etc. This one, he's just a dude out climbing rocks and hears a message in sunglasses and rock on party hard. Dude, and all, you know?
0: all we know about his character <laughs> in this one is that he really finds Nia Hall attractive.
2: That's about I mean, it. That's like I mean, we don't really get any exploration on, of no, anything no, else no, other than no, 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 this. Back you up on that, can okay? You, can you fault him? Can you blame him?
0: No, absolutely not. Oh, yeah, but I'm yeah. saying like we don't get any other development of anything. His relationship with IMF, yeah. His like former relationship with Sean Ambrose, right? None of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just what? What did you think of Sean Ambrose? We work with him. We had our differences. End of plot line. Well, because well, so <laughs> if you actually,
1: if you look back in a different franchise, four years. Earlier to this, you have mm-hmm. GoldenEye, Goldeneye, which yeah. has one of the best um, yeah. back and forth with two, you like, know, a disenfranchised agent and the new yeah. agent on the block. And you have such a good rapport with them yeah. and good backstory and this everything. great friction. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. And you, you have that kind of like back and forth in which we just didn't get that with this film.
0: I feel like with Thandie Newton's character too, with Naya, I, I, what I wanted more was like a um, – Deep pull here. Fujiko from Lupin the third. Yeah. Like a vibe of yeah, like. Yeah. Deep pull. That's not a deep pull. Well, for some, people, for some people. For some people, yes. For some people, yes. it's a deep pull. <laughs> if you know, you know. Get in here. Lupin the third. Lupin. So like for there. me, I, I wanted her to be like double crossing <laughs> both of them the whole way through. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, she makes off with like Bellerophon <laughs> and Chimera and some money and a motorcycle full of guns. I don't know. Yeah. Just, just the Drives money. <laughs> in just, a Fiat, just gets yeah. away with the money. Yeah. It would have just been, I, to me, it would have been a better dynamic than her just being like. Like, I'm a love reluctant interest. and then all, and they're just being
1: a love interest. Her motive, well, this is, that like, was such a two thousands thing. This was a, well, kind like, of a still now. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: 2000s, it tw- is.
2: In the two thousands, everyone was a
0: love interest. Nowadays, everyone is dead inside. Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like Fannie Newton, you know, I've, I've saw her, seen her in a lot of stuff since, but I think this was probably the first thing I, I saw her in. Mm-hmm. And like, I think her performance is, is good for what she's given. Yeah. Like she doesn't do a bad job. It's just like her character and her motivations are just kind of like, what? So y'all like, it was almost like James Bond. Like mm-hmm. they slept together and now she's just like down to clown for the IMF. Super, I'll take on super James Bond. All the risk. I'll go undercover for like, I guess they'll drop some charges. You know,
1: it yeah. felt kind of well, weird. I, I did like their, their initial interaction in the, in the bathtub where yeah, um, that was good. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I thought that was a good scene. Like, I, like there, there's a lot well, of good little bits in this well, Also film. him
2: like tripping the secure like that, that, that yeah. play back and forth is
0: great. Yeah. I wanted more of that the whole way through. Yeah, yeah, that would have yeah. been great just, to have. Like,
1: pretty much after that, it was just like, all right, you're love interest now. And then that's, yeah. that was it. It shifted oh, quick
0: on that relationship. She's in Chronicles
2: of Riddick. I knew she was yeah. familiar. She is in Chronicles yeah. of Riddick. Yeah. I'm just scrolling through her her
0: uh, filmography here because
2: i yeah. to place where I've seen her.
0: I saw her in a, at the Sidewalk Film Fest in this most recent movie she did. It was like a revenge thriller type yeah. movie. She did really good. Hmm. The movie itself was like, okay. okay. But she was like yeah. really good. Um, Ving Rhames. Always does great. I love Luther. Always fun. Oh, um, yeah,
1: he's. I mean, well,
0: and and he's
1: just such a core part of the Mission Impossible franchise at this yeah. point. Oh yeah. Um, just because like he he has such good charisma on screen.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and him and Ethan have a good like relation. Like yeah. the the, good, the good dynamic. Banter. Yeah. Good banter. Yeah. So like I, my my biggest complaint, is there's not enough Luther. Yeah, in this movie. yeah.
1: Well, and I think that they kind of learned that lesson in a good way. That you know, it's like, hey, we need to probably make him a little bit more of an integral part because we need to have a team again. Yeah. Where this one didn't yeah. really have a team. It was just kind of a, a solo one man army. You, you get yeah, They brought Luther
2: in Luther and the
0: Australian guy. What? And it, the, the Australian guy felt like half hearted. Of like, we need a team. Yeah. But we don't have as big of a team for reasons. And then, like, the Australian guy was, like, what, you know, um, um, oh, what's his, Simon Shaun of Peg. the Dead. Sh- Simon Pegg. Simon, Simon Pegg, Peg, yeah. yeah. His character kind of would become, because, like, the yes, comic relief yeah. or whatever, but mm. in this movie, it's, like, underdeveloped. And, like, the the biggest scene, he really gets is at the racetrack when he, like, yeah. tries to Which, stop the guy. That's
2: a pretty fun scene. And yeah. and I, I will say, also, uh, Richard Roxburgh as a Hugh. Kind oh, yeah. Hugh's second, second-hand villain, second, uh, right-hand man.
0: Right-hand man to, uh. Uh, Ambrose. So yeah. what did you think of Doug Ray Scott as Ambrose?
1: I thought he was fine. He just felt really generic very
0: Scottish. to me. Very he, was, Scottish. he was very opp- oppressively Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like my problem with him as a villain is he was extremely one note. Yeah. He was just really, yeah. you know, like, like,
1: like you already, like there was never any time where like you'd see any kind of like nuance from like his choices that he makes. It's just yeah. like whatever the most evil possible thing mm-hmm. that I can do now, I'm going to do that's that. That's what I'm going to do. No, well,
2: I, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I did like the the bits that they played with him and uh, Naya Hall. Yeah, I felt like that was pretty good, where you could kind of feel the tension of mm-hmm. both of them are like, "Why are you here?" Yeah, where she's trying to figure out, you know, what like how dangerous is this really kind yeah. of thing.
1: Very dangerous turns
2: Especially out. Especially <laughs> the the play <laughs> yeah. with the the memory card.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, when racetrack. he's like, "Get it out of my jacket." The, the right, right pockets, <laughs> and you're like, Oh, Ooh, he well. knew it the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 uh, but yeah, his it like again, comparing it to Goldeneye, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, Trevelyan, you know, 006 had more, at least a little bit more of like, Oh, I understand why he's doing this yeah. kind of type of thing. Where oh, this, yeah. he just felt purely evil and opportunistic. Yeah. Like, there wasn't ever really like a, a development that made me go, Oh, wow, I see why Sean Ambrose would do this, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, all right, you guys. Got anything else you want to talk about with Mission Impossible Two before we move on to three? I don't think so. Oh, so well. Hold on now. Hold, hold on. on. Wow, we,
2: we touched on we touched on Hans Zimmer and the yeah. and score and one the the shockiness of this is Hans Zimmer, right? Uh, I actually really enjoyed the music. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a good job
1: with kind uh, of. D- the, you just said you enjoyed Metallica.
2: No. Well, they I, didn't play it during the. I, on, I know they did. I opened this and said Hans Zimmer, and you jumped to Metallica. Let's we're gonna
1: dial
0: this down Dang from it. the three and go just back up woo, woo, to the nine. Rewind
1: this a little bit. And, yeah, and Steven was like, I like the music in this film. Hold on, hold on.
0: Hold I'm gonna on. edit that for the teaser. It's uh, just gonna be Metallica's song from this playing underneath. Uh,
2: <laughs> the when they're in Seville, the flamenco yeah. and kind of the use of that early, kind of mm-hmm. to punctuate the the play between her. Uh, Ethan Hunt and Naya Hall. Mm-hmm. and then that shows up later a lot and we get kind of a little bit of that Spanish guitar play going yeah. on there and then again once she makes kind of the you know the emotional the moral choice to inject herself and then the bigger moral choice to not be in the center of town when she her clock goes off mm-hmm. and she infects everyone she goes to the cliff she's gonna jump off and it's yeah. very you know, emotional like it, it's trying to target you like I feel like they they made a good attempt for it it's just the the plot around it was kind of yeah. like, what's going on, guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, like, I'll definitely say the, the music was was pretty solid for what it was. Boom. Play
2: the Metallica song right
0: there. Boom. I'll just do it in my mouth. <laughs> uh, okay, so w- – if you're, if you're recommending someone to watch the Mission Impossible series and they've never seen it, are you telling them just straight out skip the second one or do you give them like an asterisk and like eight caveats that they I, need to know? I would,
1: I would prime them.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I actually do have a friend that hasn't seen any of the Mission Impossible what? films before. Wow. His, name's, his name's Brad. He's listening to this episode no, right now. No, no, no. Hold on. But he's, he's, he's a already, friend. He's a patriot. Well, he, yeah, he's he already listened the to this Thanks episode. Your support he's already, by this point, he's already seen this film.
0: Oh, so we're playing with the <laughs> we, whole when is We couldn't warn when you ahead of release? time, Brian. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh so I, I have it, like while when by the time we were recording this, I have yeah. explained to him because he hadn't seen it yet. Um the I was like, the first one's pretty subdued. The second one is wild. Yeah. But wild in like a very early 2000s kind of wild. Yeah. And then after that, it becomes more like a normal action movie franchise. It kind of falls into a groove. It has
2: has a formula at that point. Yeah.
1: It's definitely one of those things where it's like, I wouldn't, I I wouldn't say skip it completely, even though we we were talking about earlier, if you did skip it, it wouldn't really miss anything. Right. It's, but I feel that like to have a good context of like just the franchise in general, Mm -hmm. it's not a bad, I like, you still want to watch it. Right. Well, like, so I have a coworker
0: mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure. You do have a coworker. I have several. He has a job, therefore he has coworkers. But one in particular, I think, watched the first two and quit. Well, and oh, that's, that's, like, that's the problem. That's surprising, yeah. They yeah. were like, I don't know about this. And yeah. then, but that same person loves The Fast and the Furious, so I may have to revisit that and be well, like. That, wait, hold that's on, wait, wait, what
2: pushed wait, you, you off if it was the second one? It, <laughs> well, it, was, it was Ethan Hunt's hair. He prefers bald. Oh,
1: Well, but with, with like, honestly, I don't, I, I definitely think that the first mission in two possible mission
0: pictured Tom Cruise bald really quick and it sent me in a place. Go ahead. Um,
1: But the, the first two mission possible films, I don't think are the best in the franchise. Definitely not. And they, they get, I think they get better as they go on. Yeah. And just because like Tom Cruise has progressively gotten more control over this franchise, well, and, and, also and I think that means a lot because whenever you have these people that are truly passionate about something that they mm-hmm. like that they love, mm-hmm. and they can actually like be creatively involved with it, it makes a really big difference.
0: Yeah. And like I always hold a special place in my heart for the first two because I have the nostalgia of seeing them in theaters and yeah, you know, being there and like being like basically witnessing the birth of a new action franchise, you mm-hmm. know, and being like, so that I do have some nostalgia for them. So like, if I were going to recommend this to someone, I wouldn't tell them to skip the second one, but I would, I would give a lot, a lot <laughs> of caveats about like, this is not where the rest of the series does not continue down this path. Cause if you saw the first one and then the second one, I thought that's just like, Yeah, it's going to keep going. Yeah, like no, it it steers back on on the third one. Yeah, see, see
2: my my caveats would be so for most of these films, you know, watch it at home with a couple of friends tops. You need to be able to pay attention to what's going on. You know, maybe, you know, enjoy yourself, have a little popcorn, a little little, little drink, whatever. You know, but you need to pay attention because there's going to be crisscrosses, and so you're not going to know what's going on. But when you watch the second one, invite everyone over. Crank that sucker up, pop all the popcorn, drink the beer. It does not matter. Just, you're here to riff on this and be like, what's going on?
1: I don't know.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think it could be really fun that way. It's just, again, for the actual plot, it's just not relevant to the franchise at all.
0: No. And again, I don't think they had grand designs at this stage when they were making the second one. Cause yeah. again, at this point, apparently he was con- trying to think of each one as like its own standalone story. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So I don't think they had the, the design in mind to have like a story like, that was yeah, told. Yeah. Continuing
1: yeah. kind of thing.
0: All right, guys, let's talk about our Patreon.
1: All right. So your mission, should you choose to accept it? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, that's why. Okay. Uh, you can <laughs> give you us can, a dollar. You can, you, can, you can give us a
0: dollar. It's very dangerous. Uh, what do you
1: get if you give us a dollar? So uh, we have some great stuff available on our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, if you give us a dollar, you get access to all of our bonus content that happens mm-hmm. at least once a month, yep. guaranteed. And that's everything that we've already come out with um, prior and anything future, obviously, if you choose to continue supporting. However, we also have uh, audio commentaries that you can basically watch along. So like kind of mystery science theater 3,000. Yeah. 3,000, yeah. You yeah. press
0: play on the commentary in the movie. Yep. We, we sync it up. You, you do it at the same time, and then you can listen to us just like we're watching the movie with you.
1: Yeah, so we have like uh, Phantom Menace from Star Wars, Attack of the Clones, those kind of things. It's Impossible uh, 2 would be great here. Yeah, we may it have it to, really we would might, be. We might have put could. it on the list <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have to go with this. What about what about you, Stephen? What do you got? Oh, well, I am
2: here to talk about Spoilers Intended Podcast.com. What? A That's a good American website, website right there. Yeah. <laughs> protecting freedoms with prior episodes. It's
0: also an international website. It is also an international (laughs) website. You can access it it anywhere. anywhere.
2: But yeah, you can go there and check out all of our prior content, including great Mm -hmm. other episodes, Uh, stuff where we talk about like 1917, which is again, something not like Mission Impossible 2 a (laughs) cinematography masterpiece. Basically the
0: same film. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs)
2: Ah, uh, you can check out us, talk about you know if you like the avatars, we got the blue people, not the not the others, just the blue people we got yep. those <laughs> uh, we're not avatars. airbending, we're painting themselves blue, yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's a whole bunch of our other content out there you can listen to if you enjoyed here. We also have links to things like the Patreon, as yep. well as Discord. If you want to come hang out with us, chat about whatever. We got channels on hobbies. We talk about you know what kind of music we're listening to, all kinds of stuff. Not mm-hmm. necessarily episode related. Sometimes episode related, or you know if there's an ongoing show, we'll talk about you know the various episodes and yep. those kinds of things.
0: Yeah, and if you're not following us on social media, you got to. We have a Facebook and an Instagram. End of list.
1: What <laughs> but- <laughs> a, a, a very exhaustive very exhaustive. List here. they're very days, exclusive gonna... platforms
0: you may not have heard of them <laughs> uh, but yeah we have a Facebook and an Instagram we have a lot of fun over there and also you know every week we post what we're gonna be reviewing you know the next the following week tell you where you can stream it or watch it or if it's in theaters or whatever because we would love for you to be able to watch the movies before we, you, you listen to the episodes watch along with us. Yep. and uh, I think that's about all the time we got guys yep um, until next time I'm Ryan. I'm Andrew and I'm Stephen and every spoiler was intended.